Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about the first game we ever played on PlayStation, rumors of a state of play, and our Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown review. We'll have all this and more because this is PS I Love You XOXO. <laughs> What's up? Welcome to PS I Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation conversation. That's Tim. That's Janet. I'm Blessing Adioe Jr. And we, if you love what we do, uh, please support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or on YouTube to get all of our shows ad free. Watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show. Oh, God, it's not stopping. You can get PS I Love You for free with that. Do I keep going? Do I, just keep going? I don't know. God, why? <laughs> it went for a really long time. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when we're reviewing Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. Yeah. Uh, you can get PS Love You for free with ads I and with no idea what happened. <laughs> why I did it not stop? I don't know. It's terrifying. It's one of those things where the longer it kept going, the more I was like, if it keeps going, am I going to suffocate? Like, do I just fucking choke on all the smoke? God oh, dang. Man. Uh, of course, you can get PS Love You for free with ads or without ads. Or sorry, with ads and without the exclusive content on YouTube and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by better help but let's start with a psn message from you uh mark pdx writes in to kindoffunny.com slash psily and says what was the first game you played on each generation when you brought home your new playstation console great question do you guys remember the answers to this Fuck, no, I don't to some of all. them yes some of them no who wants, who wants to start go for it janet yes too it's tough because i so i got all my consoles like a little bit late like to some degree like i wasn't like a day one adopter because i was a child and kind of don't care about that shit like, you know so i'm like trying to think of what's the f what are some of the things i played and then what was the earliest released of those things like for ps2 you know ratchet and clank jack and daxter um metal gear solid 2 but i don't know which like what's the earliest of those and maybe some, daxter was probably early maybe even some um like uh older games too that had like collections and things too so mm -hmm. like but yeah it'd be one of those like kind of the it's funny because especially like when you're younger like it's not like you're going deep into the weeds usually it's like hey i had one year to plan what game i'm getting and i'm gonna get the highest rated game of all time or whatever so it, it is probably one of those like classic platformers i would say was the ps4 the first playstation generation that y'all had one day one no ps5 no, ps5, oh, PS5. Okay. yeah yeah yeah. Now, a, now I'm with the elite and I'm never going back. Like day one adopters get screwed and I'm happy to be screwed by day one yeah. adoption. It is just too fun. Well, that's the nice thing one. about me because like the first PlayStation that I owned was the PS2 yeah. and I got that way after the fact, right? Like I, I went and I wrote down what I think might be the right answers. Uh, but for PS2, I believe my first game was Spider-Man 2 because mm. I had played a lot of Spider-Man 1 in my next door neighbor's house. His name was Freddy. He had an Xbox with Spider-Man 1. Um, but then also one of my friends i think it was addison had spider-man 2 and i played it like addison. it's always addison i played it one or two times at his house and i was like this is incredible 
I need this video game. And finally, my mom, uh, my mom and dad finally got me a PS2. Uh, I saw Spider-Man 2 on the shelf, and I was like, oh, this one. Um, and so that must have been 2004? Because I think that game yeah. came out in like 2004-ish, right? Um, it's a similar thing when I go through. So PS3, uh, I believe my first game was Burnout Paradise. Mm. Um, but it's, I was either that or Mirror's Edge or, G or GTA 4. You know, I think I might have gotten those all at the same time. Like, I got my PS3 way after the fact. So those were all games that I was getting at, like, in, like, the discount pile uh, at GameStop. Um, but then for PS4, PS4 I got only one year late. Um, and so I believe my first game for that would have been A Shadow of Mordor. Because um, I remember, like, falling in love with that, like, very early on into playing the PS4. And then for PS5, got that at launch. I had the launch li library through, yeah. like, codes and stuff. But Astrobots uh, Playroom, or Astro's Playroom, yeah. um, is probably, I guess, technically my answer there. That was the first game I booted up. Yeah. And so. That's the same for me. And then for 4, it was, um, I do remember vividly getting 4. Uh, again, I told the story before on PS I Love You, of the, my credit card got, like, the expand, like, the, the like, the, the limit got raised. And that's the day I went to Best Buy to get my PS4. I was like, let's go. Like, I have a job. I can pay for this. And then I lost that job. And then I was like, man, life's going to be really hard. <laughs> I got to pay this back now. <laughs> yeah. And I paid it back until the PS5 came out. I was paying <laughs> off that credit card. Um, the first game I probably played, I'm going to say it was probably No Man's Sky. Like I got, I got like the JL bundle. I got No Man's Sky. I got Bloodborne. And I got, <laughs> oh, I forgot what the third game I got. I might have just got 2K for my brother. But yeah, Bloodborne, obviously incredible game. But not, not a me game. And definitely not a me game at that time. So yeah. uh, I will say though, I, it was really fun, like just experiencing like the visuals and the vibes in No Man's Sky, even though that didn't end up being a game that like clicked with me. Like just the takeoff and like the exhilaration of that, like it was fun to like get to experience that. But those were my first PS4 games. I, uh, similar to you guys, like didn't have a lot of the PlayStation systems early. I got them way, way, way late in some cases. Um, the the PS4 I ended up getting was my first. Uh, home console that i got day one from playstation my first playstation console that i was a day one adopter for though was the playstation portable that was the, mm. the first console i personally got myself uh and i was so damn excited for it um but going all the way back ps1 i ended up getting a very 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 late um and uh it must have been crash 3 or um mm. would have been my, my first one that i actually owned there although i played a ton of playstation at kevin's house so i, I had a, a pretty good PlayStation understanding from that. For two, that's also where I hit up a lot of one, where I had like the Spyro Collector's Edition with like the three games. Yep. And I'm sure I like hit up some Crash there as well. Like, so it was, and I think that's why it's like, it's it's funny when you get into something, but then you're like, they're late or if it's something that's like backwards compatible, where I do have a lot of those, like I have played a lot of PS1 games because mm -hmm. I had my PS2 and I would play them finally there, like after, you know, not having access to it before. So then uh, going into the PlayStation 2, that was like, I... I'm just going to throw this out there. I might be wrong about this. I think I, I might have been like 10, maybe 11 around there. So I was able to make my own thoughts and yeah. decide I wanted to make purchases in a way that felt a little more educated than just like action figures on the shelf. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, oh, I want the PlayStation 2. But then I really had to think, but do I want the GameCube more? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we all know the answer to that one. Um, but I eventually did get a PlayStation 2 and I, I, I'd saved up for it. I had to scheme so much stuff. And I was like, what is the game that I want on PlayStation 2? What am I buying this PlayStation 2 for? The answer, Crazy Taxi. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. It was crazy. <laughs> I, that I was not expecting that answer. That was a GameCube yeah. game for me. I loved Crazy Taxi in the, um, in the arcade. I didn't have a Dreamcast. I was very, very jealous. And uh, they announced that they were putting a Sega game on a PlayStation. I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the Blue Bottom uh, PS2 oh, discs. So yeah. it was a CD. Um, something about that I really enjoyed. But yeah. 
Crazy Taxi was my first PS2 game. First PS3 game, this is the one that I think actually really matters and I can like crystallize like this game, this system, I can tie yeah. memories to, to it for myself was PS3 Metal Gear Solid 4. I yeah. bought the PS3 for the MGS4. For MGS4. Um, I played through the, the Metal Gear Solid franchise for the very first time leading into that. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that was the moment, everyone has the story, that was the moment that I sold my entire video game collection to be able to buy the you PS3. Know that might also be my answer. Like, I try to go back to my PS3? trophies to see. Did Metal Gear Solid 4 have trophies? Because no. that's what I did for this question as I went. And I, like, I was like, what? what are my oldest trophies? And so those are the games I found. But I think Metal Gear Solid 4 might have actually been my first PS3 game, if yeah. I'm thinking about it more. And I did the same thing where I... Well, my PS3, like, one of the latter games that I played on my PS3 was um, Metal Gear Solid 3. And I was so hyped for Metal Gear Solid 4. I was like, I need to play this because 3 is, like, one of the best games I've ever played. And I started playing 4. I've, I've told the story before where I get up to a certain point in 4 where you go back to an old location. Um, and I was like, wait, I need to stop playing this here because I need to go back and I need to play Metal Gear Solid 1 for the first time. Mm. And then so once I played Metal Gear Solid 1, I then went and I got Metal Gear Solid 2. And I played that for the first time. And then I went and I, I, I played the rest of Metal Gear Solid 4. So I played all those games pretty much, like, all bulked what together an experience, man. and it was it was maybe the best order to play that uh, those yeah. games in yeah that's that's super Thanks, rad cool, thank you cool Greg. um yeah so mgs3 or mgs4 on ps3 that was my first there ps4 honestly i it probably was like rezo gun or something but like sure. ps4 launch didn't really resonate with me i was too busy playing super mario 3d world because it was goaded on the wii u yeah. doesn't get enough love then doesn't get enough love now on the on the switch but shout out to 3d world uh and then yeah astro's playroom for PS5 straight into Miles. What a launch yeah. lineup when we really think about it, right? Great launch lineup. Shout out to the PS5. Yeah, for three, like, I, I wish I just had, like, texted my brother, like, 10 minutes before this because I'm sure he knows because he, like, he was the main purchaser of the PS3, but I also contributed money towards it. I think I put, like, maybe, I forgot how much it, the PS3 cost at the time, but I put, like, two to $300. $599 <laughs> yeah. US dollars. I put, like, $300 towards it. Um, And it was funny because, like, the other day I saw someone think that I never had the PS3 and... My brother was like, not only did you have it, you put your own money towards that console. Like, and then I took it to college and like lived with it. Like the PS3 oh, is yeah. such a fun. I think PS3 was the first console that I actually bought with my own money too. Yeah, I think it was for me too. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, again, I didn't buy all of it. Like I contributed yeah. towards it. Um, but yeah, I can't, I'm sure it's just whatever the bundle was. Like, I don't remember what the hot bundle was at the time, because it was like a Black Friday. A PS3 bundles probably thing. probably uh, what was that ATV game? Oh yeah, um, I don't think it was that though. No, uh, like either MX versus ATV or like ATV unplugged or some shit like that. Maybe you didn't end up getting. But there was also um, what was the? Oh man, there was like some off-road game that wasn't like ATV franchise. Motorstorm, maybe. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, you're thinking of Motorstorm? Yeah, Motorstorm. Yeah, Motorstorm. But yeah, I can't. That is the most bundled ass PlayStation game of all time. Yeah, Motorstorm was like I was playing that. Rob, there was like nothing inside. I was playing that at Best Buy's for no reason. Like I'm there playing the demo, and I'm like, why am I playing this video game right here? Uh, what's this your highlight, Kevin? MGS4 bundle, maybe? Oh, or? those MGS4 yeah, bundle. MGS4 bundle seems to be like one of the first bundles yeah, that was available. Maybe oh. it was MGS4. Yeah. And a voucher for a free download of PlayStation Network game Pain, which was yeah. the second PlayStation 3 game I ever played because I bought this bundle. That's incredible. Those are the yeah. two I, have. I should ask him now, and if it's if he has an answer by the end of the show, I'll yeah. swing back to it. Well, while you do that, let's transition into topic of the show. Dots, 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 dots. 
Prince of the Persia. No. <laughs> Prince of... It's been a long day. Yeah. See, you got to lean into it. I thought you did it on purpose. Hey, by the way, we did our Game of the Year episode. You can go watch that over on the Kind of Funny Games cast or uh, on YouTube or on the Games Cast podcast feed. That's why I'm dressed up a little. I didn't just decide. Yeah. Also, that's why Janice There's here. no shame in being... <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot to... There's a lot left unexplained. There's a lot to unpack that we haven't explained. Yeah. Like, we were just jumping into this Prince of Persia review. Like, what's going on? Like, why does Tim look like the, look the fresh has ever been? <laughs> why is Blessing like, hosting? You know why how I laugh, but now I'm going? in the studio. Like, yeah. yeah, there's um, a lot happening today. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. You guys have gotten your hands on it. Mm -hmm. You guys have been playing it. You guys are ready to review it right here on this episode of PSLW XOXO. This game has been in development by Ubisoft Montpellier. It comes out January 18th, 2024. It is a 2.5 side-scrolling action-adventure platforming game. Yeah, 15th for early access. but Is it really? Mm -hmm. Is that Ubisoft Plus? Yeah. I what a deal. So. Or uh, just like, I think if you... If you pre-order it, yeah. or you got a certain version. Yeah. Uh, Tim Geddes, you are our lead reviewer here at Kind of Funny for Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. I am. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, I want to say uh, Ubisoft, Montpellier, the uh, same team behind Rayman Legends and Rayman yeah. Origins. So oh. lots to be excited about uh, overall. On top of that, Prince of Persia, one of my favorite video game franchises of all time. And I'm very excited to be playing a new one. I'm honestly kind of in disbelief that I'm playing through a new one and uh, even more so that it is as good as it is. So I'm very, yeah. very excited about I that. I will say you're the person who I probably heard most about Prince of Persia from. Like I'm somebody who I somehow missed out on Prince of Persia back in the day. Um, like I've always been aware of it. I think the one Prince of Persia game I might have played was a mobile game uh -huh. on like, like not even on, on smartphones. It was like a flip phone. Oh, Prince oh of yeah, there was a sense of time on the on OG flip phones. Like yeah. back when like video games are mobile. Like, yeah, yeah, and I think I had that and I would play, I played the heck out of that actually, but Outside of that, I've not really had much of a Prince of Persia experience, but I know you're somebody who, you know, rides or die for dies for Prince of Persia. Definitely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, like we were just talking about our, our first PlayStation games we ever played and going down memory lane there a little bit. Uh, there was a trend on Twitter a couple weeks ago that uh, was um, what what's the, the game that like made you fall in love with video games mm -hmm. or, or something like that. And uh, people are posting screenshots of all the, their different games. And I really kind of had to think about it. And there's a lot of answers I, I could give us. I'm sure all of us have like different things. Like, of course, I could talk about Pokemon. Of course, I could talk about Mario, et cetera, et cetera. But I really thought back, like, what was the actual first game that made me go, whoa, video games are cool. And the answer is Prince of Persia, the original Prince of Persia. Kevin's mom uh, at a garage sale bought a old school uh, Windows computer. Like, this is... Like, I feel like it was before Windows 95 was even a thing. So that's like mm. wild to think about. And um, it had a whole bunch of games on it um, like that, that ski free and, and things like that. But this game, Prince of Persia, you open it up and it, it looked like Agrabah from Aladdin. And just Aladdin was my favorite uh, Disney movie. And oh, yeah. um, there's something about this that was like so cool. Like it was just, it felt so cinematic and like, this is from never really understanding video games, period. Like I had never played Mario or anything at this point. So seeing this and just being able to like, you hit a button and it does something, but to be so beautifully animated, like rotoscoped, there's a lot of tech that goes into Prince of Persia that I feel uh, really kind of makes it to this day. Like even looking at that gameplay, it looks different than other games did back then, you know? And um, it was hard as hell, me and Kev, no matter how many hours we played it, I don't think we ever made it past the first room. Like, it was, like, very, very different. The moment you get into a sword There's fight. There's more than one room? <laughs> <laughs> the moment you get into a sword fight uh, with uh, Jafar, you're like, all right, I'm fucked. You just yeah. get screwed. Um, but then they rebooted, rebooted uh, Prince of Persia in 2003, I want to say, with Sands of Time. 
um, introducing the idea of being able to rewind time, introducing a lot of parkour into the gameplay. Um, and it, it was, I'd say in many ways, first for its time for a lot of ideas in a third person action adventure game during the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era. Um, in a lot of ways, kind of introducing light Metroidvania uh, into what a what everyone else was uh, doing the Devil May Cry route yeah. of let's just go out there, stylish action. Prince of Persia was a bit more, but what if we added puzzles to that? Like, what if every room was a sandbox for you to to go through? This one's probably a couple of years later. Yeah, <laughs> this, I was like, I don't think this is based on the movie. Oh, it's not, oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> but but it's similar it to I mean, this, keep yeah. looking because you, you'll get there eventually. Um, but then I'd uh, keeping you guys going through this history lesson here. Uh, Sansa time was very, very special. It was an amazing game, won awards, won so many, uh, different awards it, and it deserved it. And then they pushed out the sequel warrior within, and then, uh, the two thrones after that. And I love them. They're all great games. They're not Sansa time though. Sansa time was the one warrior within took this really, really, really cool character that had so much personality and he was like he was fun and quippy and then just made him like i'm dark and broody and now there's like metal music playing and it was just like all right this is still good but you kind of took the soul out of uh what made sands of time so charming um even though the gameplay still held up and uh then they eventually on xbox live arcade put out a remake of the original prince of persia but in the style and look uh and gameplay a little bit more of sands of time and i remember playing that and being like, God damn, this is so good. What if they made a Prince of Persia Metroidvania? Mm -hmm. Like, Prince of Persia feels like it was made to be in this genre. And they did that with The Lost Crown. Mm -hmm. And it is phenomenal. It is one of my favorite Metroidvanias ever. And wow. if anything, it is making me realize, I think Metroidvanias might be my favorite genre. Like, I've always been a 2D platformer guy. And I've known that about myself for a long time. Uh, but the idea of looking back at the original Prince and being like, oh, they talked about this as a, uh, a cinematic 2D platformer. And like playing through this, I'm like, this is a cinematic Metroidvania, 2D Metroidvania. And they're really pulling that off. It reminds me a lot of other games I love, like Ori. Yep. Um, and there's, there's so, many, so many different games that I can use as examples that really kind of take the concept of what a Metroidvania could be. Even Metroids themselves, Metroid Dread, I loved last year. Was that last year? Two years ago. Two years ago love that game this feels like it's taking a lot of those ideas and just continuing them wrapping it in uh the prince of persia formula and world but with a whole new take this is a new prince new ideas it, it gives so much homage to the original prince of persia and to the sands of time through its abilities in really really tasteful ways while also just being a really banger game by itself i want to say this right now i still have not beat the game um i am about 18 hours into it um, I am somewhere between 60 and 70% through, I would say. Um, and I, I do not want to rush this at all. I, mm -hmm. I love this game. I, if I were to give it a score right now, where do I think my score is going to end up? I can't imagine it not being a five, like a five wow. out of five on the kind of funny scale. Prince of Persia, the lost crown is going to be a game that I am very, very annoying about, uh, forever. <laughs> I, I think that this is one of those ones that's going to stick with me. Um, and what's very interesting about that is the first hour or two, that wasn't the case. I was playing it. I'm like, I'm happy I'm playing a new Prince game, but I don't know if all the pieces are adding up. Like this is, it's a little fine, just fine. Yeah. Like I get what's happening here. I get it's a tutorial. I get they're easing us in, but I just, I need more abilities. I need to be moving faster. Like the things I love about Prince of Persia, I'm not really seeing. And I'm so happy I stuck with it because pretty early on it's not like oh you have to play six hours before it gets good you do need to get through some stuff and it's not even bad the beginning's mm -hmm. not bad at all 
But I think the best way I can frame how I feel about the game is booting it up for the first time. There's, you get the story, you get the exposition. And as they're giving you the exposition of what's happening, the images are just like JPEGs that are kind of being pulled a little bit, like not even fully animated. And it feels cheap. It, it doesn't feel like a super high quality experience they're putting out there. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I, I want more for this franchise. And I really feel like those decisions were a disservice to it because as you start going in, this is one of the most beautifully designed games I've played. The art style is impeccable. The style is off the charts. The moment you get to the first boss fight, you're like, oh my God, this is cool as hell. The um, biomes are very unique, very well thought out. There is care put into every single little thing. The mechanics of the game, both from a gameplay perspective and from a world perspective, are off the charts. It feels so damn good to play. But on top of that, the world, this is a shout out I always give to Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. The world doesn't feel like there's just a bunch of things floating in space. Everything is connected. So when you're on a platform, you understand the weight of that platform and what it connects to and why when it falls down, it makes you fall down this way with the physics and the momentum in a metroidvania and it's it's so so damn cool and so damn special um i really could talk about this thing forever the last thing i want to say before i pass it to janet real quick is um it reminds me of so many of my favorite things from so many other games put into one hmm. um and blessed this is this is the thing that might sell you a little bit i've never played a game that reminds me of what subspace emissary from super smash brothers brawl could have been oh, oh man it is. Oh, it, it feels like this is it, this Metroidvania. It feels like Smash Brothers. It controls like Smash Brothers. The mm -hmm. dodge and just the way that the parries and everything work. It plays just like Smash Brothers, but it's challenging as hell. The puzzles are really interesting, and just the way that the map is. I'm like, oh man, this this was what Sakurai saw with, <laughs> with Subspace Emissary. Dana Garcia, what do you see with Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown? Uh, I think this game is absolutely incredible. I'm right there with Tim. Um, I did beat it. Uh, I finished it last night. Uh, shout out to bringing the PlayStation to my hotel room and knocking it out. It didn't take that long. I finished it after dinner. Um, and it took me about like 20-something hours to beat. So I do think that 20 to 25 is right there. And then completionist-wise, I'm, according to the in-game completion percentage, I'm 70% through all the content. Uh, I, too, want, like, if I could have taken more time, like, I really want to try to, you know, hit stuff for content. If I could have taken more time, I would have. And if, even though I don't, I'm already done, I'm, I'm going to go back. Yeah. And like, I want to get the platinum. On I'm it. planning a platinum. This it's year. so, it's so incredible. Um, I just kind of building on the things that Tim laid out there. Um, it is so much the DNA of so many incredible games besides the Ori call out, which you see, you know, and not just that Gareth is also part of the composition team there, which I'm like, Oh my God, of course. Um, who, you know, did some of the music, did the music for Ori and the Blind Forest and that kind of suite of games. Um, but you see that in the, I think, the movement and the way you kind of float and zip through space, like, as you get additional abilities, but also even just in, like, the types of enemies. Uh, there's incredible enemy variety in this game as well. Like, you never get bored of what you're doing. It's compelling every time. Um, you know, there, there's Metroid Dread elements in the difficulty, maybe maybe a little too much at times, but also there's so many cool like settings that you can tweak to really make it your own. You know, I'm not a parry person. I totally was parrying in this game. You have to. There's an incredible like, well, you do, you do have to. And I think it does push you towards the parries, but there are like, as I'm getting more and more, um, you know, I'll try to do mostly high level and we'll get into the weeds, but you, there's this incredible amulet system where you can basically like spec your character, you know, with like different buffs, primarily buffs. There are a few like buff debuff 
amulets, but that's kind of rare. Most of them are some form of a buff. Real, real quick, yeah. jumping in on the amulet thing. The amulet system in this reminds me of what I wished the badge system in Mario Wonder was. Yeah. Where there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of variety that you can imagine like, oh, like I put this badge for this level, put that badge for the, that level, but we didn't end up actually doing that. Exactly. This, you're switching amulets constantly. Yeah. Like, and the main thing I did is I had my like core design that I was like leaning into. And then for certain bosses, I'm like, okay, well, obviously like I'm not exploring. So I'm going to take like, there's an amulet that like you know, brings like the gems towards you. It's like, I don't even wear that for a boss battle, right? And then, but I bring up the amulet system because you can kind of lean into different aspects. So you mentioned like the parrying, like there's also a dodge in this game and later you do get kind of late. At least I got it late. There's an amulet that like allows like when you dodge, like you also like do damage or something. And I'm like, oh, what a cool thing if you're like heavy into the dodge. Um, you know, there's stuff that would like lean more on like classic buffs, like, you know, health. There's also like this, once I got the health regen amulet, I was like, oh, we're rocking and rolling now. Like I'm just a tank, you know? And then it's like, when you combine the way they synergize is so beautiful because you'll combine something like the health regen amulet with the, as I take damage, I gain Athra, which is like your, um, it's kind of like the meter for your special. It like fills up. It can go down over time. Like if you get hit, but also you can change the buffs to make it so that like, oh, well, when I get hit, I convert some of that. I got really solid at the parries, especially in the beginning. So I put on the amulet where like I build up Athra when I parry. So now I'm parrying, I'm building up the Athra, I'm doing the special move. And it all ends up being in conversation together so well. You know, I see Celeste in this with like the difficult platforming sections. Mm -hmm. Specifically, they have like these coins you can get that are literally the strawberries in Celeste. Like they function the same way. Um, and when you say function the same way, you mean you see it, you know what you need to do. Yes. So it's going to take you 30 minutes to try the same 20 second sequence over and over and over and but over. But also and when you touch it, closer. when you touch it until you oh, land you. safe land, that's yeah. like that's the, the strawberry aspect. Man, y'all are selling me on this, man. It is so good. Right, and thoughts, I think, bless you and Andy. Yeah. You and play. I think it's a game that like, and I said this during the preview cycle, because I've been like fucking living with this game, like in different press events you know i did the sgf demo and i was like yeah it seems really good i did the four hour preview and i'm like yeah still seems really good and then i played this and the thing that really elevated it for me is um when i sat down to play it i was pretty um firm on like, this is a great video game i'm like i'm thinking you know kind of four out of five vibes could it go down sure could it go up sure you know but that's kind of where i was at and i felt like i was there for a while and then it gets to a point where they're just singing so well that like I can't not say this is a five out of five. Like it's a five out of five video game. Like yeah. it because I think before that there is an aspect to it that is inherently a little derivative. And I do know that like Prince of Persia as a franchise, to your point, was such a trendsetter that it's like, well, I'm actually it's like okay, yeah, but a lot of games have come out and like how is this not like those other games? And I think what makes it special is just how good it is at executing and how I think how much it leans into both combat difficulty and platforming difficulty while also giving space for players to whether it's you just dialing down the difficulty whether it's you like min maxing the amulet system it allows for more grace it's like the grace that i wanted in metroid dread where i'm like i don't want to sit here and almost be in tears because it's too hard and i can't do it because i love the exploit you know this has that give both from a setting um setup but also from the way they design the game where those platforming sections aren't too hard or a lot of times they are optional challenges um and yeah the puzzles are great it's just it is a game where like there's sections of it where i'll record it and be like i need to show everybody this because look at how oh, yeah. if you mm -hmm. love like a good platformer this is like this is up there with the super meat boy with celeste with that vibe again it's not that the whole time but when it has those sections 
I'm like, oh my God. And then you did it. And it's like, it's so satisfying to do. It, it really is. And uh, I agree with you totally there. I think taking it even a step further, it's the platforming sections are so great. Like the super hard challenging ones. But also for being a Metroidvania, I think that uh, one of the defining features of what makes a Metroidvania stand out from just the rest of yeah. the hundreds that are out there is what, how unique are the abilities that you're getting mm -hmm. and how well do they implement those into gameplay? Yeah. And that's to me where this goes to the five because they're, the creativity of the abilities you get in addition to the platforming they're asking you to do, it, uh, this has been print since day one, where it's platform mixed with combat, mixed with puzzles, figuring that all out. The abilities are all tuned to please all three of those things. Yes. And the the way that it kind of like continues to progress is just so satisfying. And I am so upset that like my biggest criticism of the game is the pacing in the beginning, because my biggest compliment to the game is the pacing throughout the rest of it. Like wow. the, the amount of change-ups and shake-ups, the amount of just random enemy encounters, like here's a boss fight out of nowhere. Here's a puzzle out of nowhere that like just you fall into or whatever. All that stuff is so satisfying because the uh, abilities and gameplay and parkour and platforming and all of it come together so damn well. And it's funny bringing up Metroid Dread. I actually think that there's a lot of similarities. There are two, we've gotten, we get a ton of Metroidvanias. I feel like oftentimes they're more on the, what we would call like retro indie tip. Yeah. Mm. Um, this and Metroid Dread are, they feel more like it's a triple A game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In some ways and not in others, whatever. But in terms of presentation, in terms of like the, the meat that they're offering, Metroid Dread is nine hours long. This is mm. 25 yeah. hours long. And it feels totally warranted. And that's incredible. When I sat mm. down for the preview, I was, um, and I'm still like worried that a lot of people are going to write this game off or be like, I don't know. I heard it was good, but like, oh, get, you know, like, please get to it because it's so incredible. Um, but when I heard the hour count, I was like, that's going to be, and again, I'm kind of speaking more for peers rather than fans, because I know there are fans out there that like love meaty games, like they want like that double digit hours all the time. But I do think for people that are maybe hesitant, like hardcore fans, are maybe, you know, like, oh, it's like a lot of time. But I got into it and I like, I almost didn't want it to end. Like it all felt so mm. warranted. Um, I think the only thing I didn't, didn't like about the game was I do think there are some boss battles it seemed like they're a bit much, that the telegraphing isn't quite as clear to me. But again, maybe just charge it to the game. Maybe it's like, maybe I just don't got it like that for those certain encounters. Um, and I wish it has a fast travel system. I kind of wish it was like I could just go to any. So the trees are where you like save and get your health back. Save. Um, and then there's also like separate fast travel points. And I don't think there's enough fast travel points like per biome personally. Again, haven't 100% the map, but I'm fairly close. Um, and I just wish they let you go like tree to tree because there's like a lot of trees, but there's not as many of these like kind of horse statues. And I'm like, you know, and the thing is, I, again, it's a Metroidvania. I'm going to go and go over the stuff I want to go over or go over the stuff I need to go over. So I just feel like that would have would have helped with like a few of those like occasional pain points. If you did, even if you weren't lost, if you're just like, I want to go back because mm -hmm. the other thing that we got to talk about for sure is the... Um, Memory shards. So, so yeah. So well, I want to jump off. Before you get there, actually, I do want to hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. You can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace, and it can give you the tools you need to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. 
Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're I want to jump off because uh, I feel like the, the criticism you had there, I, I'm in 100% in line with where the fa- fast travel system was something that I was hoping there was more of. And I'm always like, God, like I wish the trees were fast traveled. Yeah. Like that would be awesome. But also this, I, I realized as I was playing it, I was like, this is me trying to make this a different Metroidvania. The, yeah. Where the fast travel things are, they're paced so well that anytime you have to back travel or um, just like go out of your way when you're like, I just need to get here, they're guiding you. It's Metroid Dread, there was oftentimes I'd get lost and I'm like, oh, where yeah. the hell am I going? This, I feel like anytime I felt lost, I feel like, oh, that, that I'd see something or some little like uh, someone would be whistling in the background or some little girl would be singing and I'm like, oh, I'm on the path. Like, I'm going where yeah. I'm supposed to be going. I got lost one time in this whole game. And it's just because the classic thing where, like, I just missed how you lap, like, loop around to open the door. Like, yeah. I missed it, like, hours ago and then was kind of like, oh, but I was doing clean for a lot of that. But then at a certain point, I was like, I think I missed something up there. But other than that, I, like, never got lost. But I also never felt like I was on rails either. It mm-hmm. felt very, like, natural to your point where I think. And part of that is also like the wind system. And again, you see Ghost Tsushima in it as well. Like, but and these are all great things because I think those are like smart design choices. I feel like where they have good design that's in conversation with other great games, they have that. But then they also do say a few things on their own, and that is where like the memory mm-hmm. shards and things come in. And so the memory shards, yeah. we gotta talk about this. A couple days ago, uh, we did uh, the the KF Smileys, which are our award show, uh, giving love to a bunch of different categories. One of the categories was best innovation in games, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the the nominees for it was the Active Time Lore in Final Fantasy 16. We love it. We're like this is a feature that that needs to be in other games. 
the memory system in Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, mm-hmm. is going to make the list for next year. Yeah. Uh, wow. it, uh, for people that don't know what it is, uh, when you are playing this game, you have a limited amount of memories that you just hit down on the D-pad, and it essentially takes a picture of the screen you're on, and it puts it on the map. So when you pull up the map, there's a, a little memory thing you can, uh, like icon, like a waypoint essentially on your map, that when you hover over it, it will show the screenshot that you yeah. took. So for a Metroidvania, you're like, oh, there's this door. I don't have the ability to open it oh yet. Oh, my God. Thank God. Yep. Yes. Thank God somebody's figured this out. Yes. <laughs> yes. This and is so like then, my number one complaint with Metroidvania. Yeah. So then when you, get a, when you get the ability and you're like, oh, I remember where this could go, instead of being like, oh, where was it? Or being like, what? We all have our own mental keys that we come up with where we're like, this blue one's going to represent this and this picture. And, and on top of that, the beauty is they also have icons on top of that yes. that you can do. So, what really ended up being fire for me is I could, like, because you have a limited amount of the Thank memory shards. And I um, had asked, I'm trying to think, I, th- I talked to the lead, an- the lead animator of the game during the preview cycle, and I was like, why is there a limited amount? Is it because you want to make it, like, kind of hard in that way? Is it because you just don't want players to ruin the map? And they said, oh, a little bit of both. Like, we definitely don't want it to be like you have 50 of these. You start out with like, I don't know, 10 or 15, and you can gain them as well as you continue. And to be honest, I think they gave you like the perfect amount. Like I only ever like every now and then I'd be like, oh man, I'm out. Like, but that was, that was pretty rare. Usually I could take a picture of everything that I wanted to. And when you marry that with the icons, what I started doing, and then if I ran out of memory shards, I would use the icons. Is I started like, I put a star for like, you know, the Mar thing, jump up superstar. I'm like, this is where if I get anything that lets me, jump higher or like get up higher this is this yep. thing is too high and that's going to be the star icon so and so then you're it like was, notating yourself mm-hmm. yeah and like so Thank you can like really mix and match like all that stuff and it's so awesome because like it would it just like i can't even begin to explain how euphoric it felt to get something like uh, i'm trying to think of maybe the earliest thing you get you get the dash yeah. pretty early yeah you know like the dash like uh you know one use case is crossing lo- big gaps so, like, being able to, like, mark that and be, like, as soon as you get the dash, I'm, like, great. And I know exactly where to go yep. if I want to go back there. And if I'm near there, I can, like, go back. And, you know, obviously other things like the map fog help indicate that, too. But they're all just really nicely in conversation with each other where it's, like, oh, great. I know exactly what to do. And it is just, like, one of the best things ever. And I feel like, for the most part, I would say they removed almost all the pain that comes with Metroidvania and just kept the good. And they, I think they replaced <laughs> that pain with difficulty in combat and yeah. <laughs> difficulty mm-hmm. in puzzles of like you really gotta to think and you really gotta try you can't button mash your way through this game uh again you there's a lot of difficulty options and there's a lot of things you, you can do so you could put it down easy and then you can button mash your way through yeah. and you'll still enjoy it and it's totally worth playing that way but playing through a normal difficulty like you need to parry you need to dodge you can't just like go and just hack and slash because they want you to play this more uh, just real quick, I want to say yeah, this because, yeah. like, I feel like we got blessed right there. Yeah, you, we're, you. We're, we're getting so close, and I think here's the thing that's going to be hook, line, and sinker. All right, the combat, very fighting game like, very mm-hmm. fighting game like. All right, a lot of parries, a lot of timing, a lot of spacing going on. Not a big surprise. The one thing that I think takes it above and beyond is how stylish the combat all is, uh, how varied your move set is. And she was talking about this earlier with the what's the magic called? A- Ashra. Athra. Athra, where you uh, you essentially have a, a, a gauge that that fills up. You can have up to two levels, mm-hmm. um, maybe more, but uh, two levels of these abilities, and then you can like, there's uh, level one abilities and level two abilities. It's straight up Street Fighter. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You have well, Street Fighter special. It goes up to three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, Street Fighter. Maybe more, I guess. Yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent it either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it goes up. But um, they're Street Fighter style, like 
super moves yeah. that yeah. you can use in combat. And when you use it in a boss fight, when the music's hitting, and oh, the music's always hitting, and the hype's popping off, the colors, and like you understand the um, pattern of the, the boss, you're like, I got this thing down, mm -hmm. and you're just parrying, parrying. Yeah. Super combo level one, super combo level two. It is just That's awesome. beautiful poetry. That's yeah. incredible. And the animation work is really incredible in those sequences too. It's honestly like up there with like God of War and like Spider-Man takedowns, like in terms of style where it's like you get that same hype level. I guess I, I toss in like Yakuza games as well mm -hmm. with like the wild like animations for like big abilities. Um, yeah, there's so many great things about this. I want to go back to what you said about the ways that the abilities both jive with the exploration and the combat because you know i feel like the exploration it's yeah it's fairly expected right you can kind of learn how to like zip around and especially if you're good at platforming and like platforming it's like okay like you know i'll just be dashing for fun because yeah. it's a good time yeah but even just like stuff can we like talk the, about the dash for a second yeah, though because it. it's the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen yeah like this to me is the perfect perfect example of um the uh the marriage of the original prince and uh sands of time like his dash is him bless running through time. Yeah. And so That's instead of it. running on the wall, he jumps up and just runs like in the air. And it's just so freaking cool. Man. That's sick. I think too, like the, um, you, there's like a little, like a dude, like one of your friends or whatever, who like gives you like your little tutorials if you want them and you get mm -hmm. like, you know, shards or something for them. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do it. Cause I want like a lot of money. And frankly, like doing those, Probably the most value I've ever gotten out of those. Out games. of combat tutorials? Yes. Easily. Because literally stuff that I never would have thought about. There's like uh, one of my favorite moves was with the, um, I think I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but the, the it's not, it's uh, the chakram. Uh -huh. Like it's basically you have, kind of like a, you end up kind of getting like a boomerang essentially. Mm. It's not quite a boomerang, but whatever. Captain right? America's It's like shield. a magic thing. Okay. Yeah. So you throw it out and it can like, you know, zip and it zips back to you and you can do other things with it as you like, there's an amulet that can make it, oh, you hold triangle when it's out. It makes like a whirlwind of like destruction like a small one. But the thing that was really sweet is you can throw it out, it comes back to you, then you can parry it. And oh, then you can sick. parry it up to, I think, like two times. No, I don't know if there's a it's limit. Unlimited. Y it's unlimited. Yeah, it's, it's only, it's, it's, if you keep hitting. It's always tough to tell because yeah, it's Yeah, there's a lot going moment. on. There, it limits you during certain things of like, if it hits you, then you're done. Yeah. But like, if and you. And it counts for building up your Athra if you have. So it's like, oh, yeah. I'm building my own parry opportunities within like boss oh, battles and things. And it's like, Man, that's it's so satisfying. cool. And we wouldn't have thought about it, but that no. combat tutorial teaches you it. So, like, bless, here's yeah. a perfect example. Like, uh, if I was trying to attack um, her, I yeah. guess, like, <laughs> I, I would throw the, 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 the thing, the, the shield, right? Yeah. yeah. To where you are. And then as it's coming back to me, I'm yeah. striking her. Yeah. It then hits her and goes through her. When it comes to me, I could parry Ooh. it again and it, it bounces back. it back through her and yeah. you just do it over and over. Another oh, really cool thing, because I don't want to like, uh, you know, obviously give away all of the cool things in the game, because I think that's part of the fun is the discovering like those things in time. But another one I want to highlight that I never would have thought of was... Um, for, so you can make like that kind of like copy of yourself, like that there's like an ability where that's kind of what it is. Again, it works a little differently, but just for visualizing. And you can like, there's a heavy attack that you can do where you hold down like, I played on PlayStation again, you hold down square and it charges you up and then you like unleash like a wave attack. Mm -hmm. You can hold that down so it's charged, make a copy of yourself, shoot it out, return to that copy, and then you automatically shoot it out again. So it kind of like doubles that attack for you when normally it takes a while to charge. And it's stuff like that where I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of doing that. Um, so like at first, it's, the tutorial started out very basic with just like kind of combos. Um, and even with that, I'm like, oh, okay, you can like cool. do a lot. But then like as it just, the payoff gets better and better. And it's just like, it, it's such a surprise because I think so many games like 
it's more, oh, okay, I don't know what's a cool combo I can do, but I'm just going to probably button mash my way through it. But here it's like, oh, I'm getting real strategies. Um, and so many times, like, just so much of this game makes fucking sense. I feel like I'm like, it's like, I'm, I'm going to become like a lost crown truther with you where I'm like, you guys ought to understand. But the design is just so, so brilliant. Um, I, I, I wrote down, so much. it's always worth exploring. Yeah. There's always a reward. Mm. It is always cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to hear all of this. You know, I'm like, I've gotten the code as well. And like, I've not gotten the chance to play as much of it as I'd like. Cause like I went on, I, I booted it up. And then as soon as I booted it up, I got another code and yeah. I was like, Oh, I mean, I kind of want to check this thing out too, and so I I've just decided to go all in on on the other game. But it's that thing where Tim's talking about of the first, um, I guess first hour or so probably like starting off a bit slow. I felt that in the first thirty minutes, I was like, "Ooh, all right, let's see how this goes." And hearing everything that you guys are talking yeah. about actually has me very excited to go back. I think my final question on this is, uh, what is the story like? What is the narrative like? Are the characters memorable? How is that stuff? So I think the story is uh, probably the thing that like turned me off most in the beginning like like talking about the intro animation all that stuff and it's so 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 paint by numbers it's like a generic thing of like there are seven immortals we call ourselves the immortals and yeah. we're like the we're the power rangers we're the avengers we're the badasses and oh wait there's a bad guy and something bad's happening and then the, the prince gets captured and mm -hmm. you have to go save the prince you are not the prince Okay. Uh, uh, you're, you're a different character named Sargon. You're just a guy from, from Persia. You're a dude named Sargon, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are different outfits you can unlock throughout the game, but mm -hmm. this, the game, <laughs> this game does my favorite thing uh, when it comes to, to outfits, which is I just love the original outfit so much that yeah. I don't want the other outfits. Oh, also, <laughs> I, feel like gonna, I, I did use one other skin that I got because I'm like, oh, this looks like a little cooler, but it was tough to find like one cooler, so I mm -hmm. do wish that would be And you like how better. the main character looks. Yeah. Really dope the hell. Yeah. I love it. I do think the like for the story, yes, it is very like it's really cliche, but at the same time, I like the anime weight of the story. Yeah. And um let's see, I'm gonna try to get this one because I don't wanna spoil anything. There's definitely like a narrative payoff combat combo that I really appreciated in the 100%. game where I was like, mm. Oh, this boss is really cool because of what it narratively means and even like the way their attack pattern sort of mimics the like it is cool when they Im implore like combat to almost serve as storytelling within it now again i don't think this is like gonna be like my narrative of the year or anything like that but mm -hmm. i think it, i think the story is serviceable at worst and like oh it's got some cool stuff at best and for i feel me, like that's a good spot for absolutely me. i the beginning i was like this is serviceable i get it but i'm kind of like let down and i mean uh, another thing that i think is important for me to point out mm -hmm. i did have the feeling of this is not my prince like yeah like i want <laughs> sans of time guy. prince this is not my guy like like it's very very close they're yeah. obviously trying to do that but i'm like so i went in a little hesitant so like that i just feel like that's important to say mm -hmm. but yeah the story i was kind of like eh, whatever by the time you get to the first boss fight i was totally turned around i'm like i'm so in i love this i'm invested i want to know what's happening with these characters i'm with janet i don't think it's going to win awards or anything for the best story mm -hmm. it's good though it's a good story okay. it's uh, it's got me i'm excited to find out what happens i'm when we first see the group of characters i'm like there's no way i give a fuck about any of you and i'm like you know what I give a fuck about you just enough. And there is like a little <laughs> bit of intrigue to like, you know, there's an aspect of like who's on what side and what side's the right side kind of vibe running through it where it's like, oh, really? Like, are there heroes and villains or just people going through something? So it's got like, it's got a little something. It's got a smidge of edge, but it's not like wildly compelling. Um, well, one thing I don't love about the game um, that's, uh, I, I guess, story-based, mm -hmm. but it is also to combines with the gameplay is... I feel like the lore, the amount of things you can just read, uh, there's a lot of interactable yeah. things in the game. Yeah. And I think for the most part, they're great. But there's a lot of things you're just reading that 
feel like just textbook history stuff. Like I, mm. I'm missing unless I, and I'm very stupid as well, but I'm missing how it connects to the game in a way that I'm like, why do I care? Like what, yeah. What, yeah. what's this actually it's world building and like, you know, kind of just like atmosphere, but I'm like, I am really confused about this puzzle right now. I would love if there's something in this essay that kind of gave me a it's hint. It's like yeah. you pick up yeah. like this, like there's like one, there's one thing in the game where it is a hint for the puzzle, but that's like it. Like, um, it's like, and it's a lot of the classic video game thing where I picked up this mug and I like, you know, you told me this like some Canadian mascot or something. It's like, I read everything there is to know about this character yeah. and it's like, bro, I'm not doing all that. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it brings me back to like playing games as a kid where yeah. I'm like, anything that's readable, I'm skipping this shit, right? But I think as we've grown, there's been games that have done it right where it is like, the stuff that you're reading or like what it, the lore drops are like specific to an area. And so it is, yeah. oh, I'm over here. And now you're telling me the story about something that happened. Or like more succinct or having like, 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 I think of like the last, like there's a lot of solutions. I think of like then, the last of us yeah. notes that you find that are about, that are telling the story yeah. of like oh, yeah. the dude in the no. sewers or whatever. Right. And and I'm the opposite of you. Uh, ever since I was little, I, I read everything. If there's something okay. to read, I, I come from the mentality of like, if you're putting this in here, it's important to me. And I, if, the moment I'm into a world, I'm like, I know I love this. I want all of it. And I want to understand how what makes it tick. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like a lot of the lore entries here didn't service that to me. It just kind of okay. felt like, and I've read them all, but I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah. I, I feel like this uh, was, I get why it's there, but I just feel like it was unnecessary and kind of got in the way of, the moment I'm reading through things, I'm like, I wish this was actually doing this. That's not yeah. a good thing. Um, I will say like to kind of tie it into, you know, more holistic thoughts. Like I'm like looking over my notes and there was an enemy I encountered, and this is a regular, degular enemy, like just a regular person on the street, where it was so shocking to me, like what this enemy did, that I audibly gasped and my jaw dropped. And oh, I wrote in my notes, this is a five out of five. I was like, mm -hmm. I was literally just like, oh my God. Like, I, like, and I don't do that. Like, I think people who like, you know, know me, have seen my content, followed me, like, the, I'm not a big reacts guy. Like, I'm not like, oh, like, I'm super, yeah, I'm just not like that. Like, I'm not like a... So like when I say this, I mean that so genuinely. Like I was just like, oh my god, like whoa, like I was so shocked by some of the like attack patterns and characteristics that these different enemies had, and the way that it it ends up making every single room somewhat engaging, like in different ways. Um, and then the final things I really want to make sure that like I get to you know shout out from the game is um, like there's a lot of moments where. I do think it does a good job as far as like Metroidvania, like classic stuff where like sometimes you kind of know what ability you're getting, but other times you really don't. And I, I love when I can't see stuff like that coming. I don't mind when I can see it coming. Like, you know, the gap thing, right? Like you get the data. It's like, okay, clearly, yeah. clearly, I'm gonna, you know, but like there are other things where I'm like, oh, so that's their solution to this. Always appreciate that in a Metroidvania. And this is kind of a poser comment because I don't crochet uh, currently. But I wrote down this game feels like a crochet project where it's just so satisfying to work mm. on the individual pieces and then connect them I'm together. I'm so happy you said that. That's, that, that's awesome because uh, one of the last things I'd want to say about this for sure is that I, I know a good Metroidvania is in my hands when I look at the menu of skill tree and upgrades and all that stuff and I'm like, I want it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want it all. Oh, I can't wait till I can do this. I can't wait till that's a little stronger. I can't wait. Like, it just feels good. Like, you want to get all the things. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate all this. I, you guys had me so excited to actually get back to this game. Hopefully, I'm able to pick it, pick it back up soon. Yeah. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, let's know in the comments below. Yeah. Are yeah. you excited <laughs> for Prince good. of Persia, The Lost Crown? Uh, before we get out of here, though, I do want to bring in a quick This Week in PlayStation. Because uh, do you believe a PlayStation state of play 
is rumored. Uh, I'm pulling from Kess uh, Ehlers Stevenson at True Trophies. Uh, speaking on the Giant Bomb podcast and clipped on Twitch, reliable journalist Jeff Grubb Classic stated, Jeff. quote, there's a state of play coming. I'd expect it in, in the next few weeks. Uh, he went on to speculate that it'll likely be, be disappointing because Sony <laughs> seems to use the events to fulfill contractual marketing obligations uh, rather than announce anything fun or exciting. Wow. Uh, do you, I mean, Why I does guess, Jeff hate PlayStation? Listen, you know, <laughs> that's what happens when you don't put out a pad upon in years. Um, where do you guys stand on a new PlayStation? Like, is, or no, new PlayStation, new state of play. Like, is it, are you guys excited for the idea of an early uh, year state of play? I feel like we kind of go back and forth on them in like the years where it is when we're getting closer to March yeah. or June. It's like, all right, cool. This is going to be the good one. But like other times it's like, oh, is this going to hit? Do you guys feel like we need a state of play currently? I mean, the state of plays are definitely the weaker of like PlayStation jumping onto YouTube kind of vibe. So I don't mind them having like, I'd rather have more than less in that sense because it's not like they're all bangers anyway. Um, and yeah, frankly, I wouldn't mind like an earlier thing. I definitely think like the conversation around this year is a little bit like, Obviously, there's a lot of great games coming out this year, right? We just talked about one of them. Um, but there's also, like, some, you know, some gaps in the calendar, some question marks on certain titles. Like, you know, if this could give me a little devil inside so I could sleep at night, oh that God. would be great. I haven't slept in years. I'm exhausted. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of in a place where, like, you know, I think this year has a few question marks. I want to see. I know I talk about it, and it's become a meme, right? But, like, where is Stellar Blade? What's going yeah, on with Stellar Blade? I've, I want to answer this. To I can't Blade. wait for that for you. It's yeah, <laughs> and I think there are a few like that, right? I think honestly, I think the state of play makes sense because Helldivers is around the corner. Yeah, that's and true. I think a uh, final state of play to kind of like try to drum up hype and excitement for Helldivers makes sense. Um, maybe we see a trailer for Final Fantasy. Like I could see it not happening though, because like uh, Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy, so like it's gonna uh, be an, have an impact no matter what. But I I kind of understand what Jeff's saying, just in terms of like you know these. The state of plays often feel like they are serving like the third party agreement sort yeah. of thing. But I think it could be both. Right. Like, I think if you're able to come through with a state of play, that is. All right. Here's Helldivers. And then also here's like, you know, some games that are coming on on PlayStation this year. Help set the tone for 2024. I think that could be uh, that could make sense for what a state of play is in the next few weeks. If we, if we see one. I will never root against a game showcase. Yeah. Like specifically mm -hmm. from the big three. I want them to win. I always want them to be good. I want them to be as great as they possibly can be. And they can always. There's going to be the, the lulls. There's going to be disappointments. I really just wish State of Play had a better identity and better yes, expectations yeah. that I was like, I know this is going to be a banger. You just said, well, State of Play is their like lesser thing, implying that Showcase is their better thing. Yeah. Well, we've learned recently that Showcases don't necessarily mean greatness. And State of Play I said is, it was better. I didn't say it was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> State of Plays don't necessarily <laughs> suck. Like, there's, yeah. I, yeah. I've been a, a very strong State of Play defender in the sense of like, yeah. there's been some bangers and the banger announcements. But there's been a lot of like bad ones too. So um, I, I don't expect this one to be like that crazy or exciting. But I do think to your question of like, do they need to do one in February or whatever? I do think it's interesting that Nintendo's kind of always owned that February. If they have their direct, it's usually a big one to yeah. talk about their year. And we're seeing a new trend of Xbox really bringing the heat of last year doing their, I'm always going to remember, forget the name of this. Um, developer, developer underscore direct. Developer direct. underscore direct. Yes. Can't forget the underscore. Um, you got you to remember it. Where Hi-Fi Rush hi-fi rush was debuted and it rushed into our hearts and here we have uh the announcement that next week we're getting another one with the debut of indiana jones yeah. from machine games that you don't get much bigger than that from from xbox um pre-announcing something that's going to be at one of these shows right like that's pretty damn big so um i wouldn't be surprised if playstation you know does something to try to try to show up and at least be part of the conversation i yeah. do have the ps3 game also from mm. the beginning of the show little big planet three 
awesome. Oh, the pup. I, I think Lil Big Planet might have been in one of the, my first PS3 games as well. Um, oh man, I wanted to look up like every state of play to see like, oh, how have they been like, positioning well, them? There was I'm a state- not here anymore, but like, <laughs> even though I'm physically here right now, but I'm not here anymore. Um, y'all got to redo the state of state of play. We, oh, we yeah. ate with that episode. It was so good. Yeah, like, no, that was an incredible episode yeah. of PS Love You. You've got to revisit it. But yeah, looking through. I just want to say real quick, because Final Fantasy VII remake getting like officially reannounced and all that yeah. stuff, yeah. stay to play. Street Fighter VI, stay to play. Um I think Resident I, Evil 3 remake, stay to play. I think for me, stay they stay to play is picked up. Like stay to plays, I think, started strong yeah. and then had it what, 2021? Had a dip where it's like did y'all play i think greg was the one that mentioned like maybe they didn't plan to keep doing these things but like i think in 2022 yeah 2022 is when they came back for me like that that was like street fighter 6 and re4 remake and like uh melody solid delta might have been part of that if i remember correctly um that was showcase right no i think that Wasn't was it? or I, maybe i imagine that was showcase i don't know correct me if i'm wrong i think it, i think it was showcase yeah but I think State of Play has definitely started to come back a bit uh, in like 2022, whereas like they felt for a while like they were like, oh, man, I mean, we're talking about hidden. the difference of like six months, <laughs> like, like from what I'm talking about to what you're talking about. No, there like, was like a there was a because I remember when we did the State of State of Play episode, we went through like each of yeah. them were like, yeah, no, these are not hidden. I mean, my point is there's it's just inconsistent. I, yeah. I feel yeah. like it, there's it's so wildly variable that like there's just I don't even think it's fair to say is the State of Play good or bad because State of Play doesn't even know what it is. That's fair. Isn't that bad though? You know, I think that is oh, well, part, that, of, yes, that that, is part that is... of like that conversation of like, how can I get like, I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to hear from anybody about anything because I want to know what's going on, but it's like the idea of being excited for a state of play. It's like, it's hard to get excited when you like, I don't feel your excitement about it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. from PlayStation, like as a fan, like it, you don't have that oomph, that punch, that identity that it hasn't been figured out yet, but um, in the we'll last, see. it's a tough thing to do. In the last three years, yeah, since 2021, there's always been a state of play in February. Okay. And and like some of those have coincided with things, right? Like last year, I think last year might have been a general one. The year before that was Gran Turismo. Last year might have been um, PSVR. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it wouldn't be it would it would make a lot of sense to, for them to do one in February and probably have it be held iris driven. But yeah, I think so too. We shall see. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this has been PS I Love You XOXO. Janet Garcia, thank you so much for guesting on this episode. It's funny yeah, how you left for... and then immediately came back for the first episode. It also of the came year. back in studio, but then like we messed up and didn't acknowledge it for yeah. like the first 30 minutes. <laughs> so but, funny. Yeah. Um it's it was fun being here. It's cool. always fun being Anything here. Anything you want to plug? Uh yeah, you know, you can follow me across social media. Uh, my handle is game on assist. That's game O N Y S U S. I'm on Patreon, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch. Uh and I have uh, my own uh, written work is on pen2pixels.com. That is where I pray this written review will end up at some point. I've been really trying to get it out there. Uh, there's not a lot of time left to write it, <laughs> but I have some notes. So uh, we'll see if we can make a, a written version of like me and Tim's discussion here today. Yeah, love that. Go check that out for sure. There you go. Of course, this has been PSLWXOXO, your weekly PlayStation conversation. I've been blessing. That's been Janet. That's been Tim. Play and this game. Play this game. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.